Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like surgery, finally! Yes, and surgery recovery. Yes, which you, as we record, you are almost a week out from your Mons lift. Yes. And you flew there. I did. Because you were not going to try and drive yourself back. I am going to drive there to retrieve you once you have been discharged from treatment, once you have your drains out and everything. But ideally, yes. To get there. So initially you flew there. Yes. As you have done before. And Cousin Vinny picked you up from the airport or did you take the BART from the airport to their place? No, Vinny always picks me up. Vinny and, and the dog. Vinny and the dog. They picked me up. The, the, the Vinny and the dog. <laughs> no. Yeah. Never mind. They come and get me at the airport. Okay. Yeah. The dog is really spastic when I get there because, you know, she gets excited. There's a man. There's a man. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And so the night before, like you're flying there, you're trying to get everything managed. I asked if you were going, if you had any plans for that night and you were like, uh, yes, my plans are to get there, to go to Trader Joe's and get all the groceries I'll need for the week. And, 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 and like you had this long list of stuff. And by the time you got there. Okay. I don't even remember a long list of stuff. Usually that is my plan though. Usually my plan is to come here and go to the grocery store. But Vinny had gone to the store and it was dark o'clock as it is in the winter. Mm -hmm. And I needed to get set up for morning because I needed to get to surgery in the morning. Right. Which this time was not like at dark o'clock in the morning. No. As it has previously been. No, it wasn't. Which, as I said to the scheduler, the one who rescheduled me, when they called and, and moved me up a day, I said, well, I don't have to get up in the middle of the night, but I will be very hungry. Aww. So I'll be a very hungry man. And I was um, not too bad, actually. Not too bad with the hunger part. But yeah, my surgery was not until 11. And I supposedly, you know, all this rigmarole happened of moving the, the appointment up about a week before the appointment. They called me. I was still in San Diego with Vinny. And um, they called and said, oh, we have this problem with the hospital and this equipment scheduling. And so uh, we're going to reschedule you and we're going to move you up a day. You had originally have been scheduled for Tuesday, thinking you would fly there Sunday, have Monday to get settled in and then have surgery Tuesday. Yeah, I thought Vinny and I would dig holes in the garden and shit on Monday. You know, that's how I settle in. But uh, it didn't happen that way. So they moved me up a day, and all I had time for was to get here. Right. And to get situated. So I unpacked, and we just ate some stuff that Vinny had already made, which actually I've been eating all week, um, most of that. And I uh, did I order something that night? No, I think I did that when I got home. You know me. I like to put my clothes in the drawers. Then I can you know, eat more easily access them than digging through things, which is not, it's not really a thing when you're out of surgery bending yeah. or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So I had some frittata. I had some leek soup, veggie frittata. Who knows what else? The food that was there. And uh, yeah, we had some food. We hung out. And you texted me asking about the nausea patch, the one you're supposed to put behind your ear. Right. Because usually they say put it on the night before surgery, but you're used to having surgeries like first thing in the morning. And you were like, okay, is this going to wear off? Is this going to be a problem if I don't have surgery till midday? I didn't want to put it on too early. And now that I realize it also gives me really bad dry mouth, I if I ever have to use one again, I know to put it on as late as possible because it's just terrible having it dry you up like that. And they have to put IV in and your mouth is so dry. And so I 
but anyhow, I didn't I didn't know. I was trying to figure out when to put it on. So I contacted you to fi- help me figure it out. Because Vinny and I tend to each run at about half capacity by the end of the day. And that's at our maximum. I figured I could easily miss something by then. So, yeah. So you helped me figure that out. And we decided sometime between two and six, I think we decided. Two and five, I don't know, something like that. And so whatever time I woke up during the night, I'd put it on. Otherwise, I'd put it on when I got up. Right. And uh, I think I did end up putting it on between two and three and now like I know I said I said I would probably put it on around four or five right because everything I had found yeah had said put it on at least four hours before the desired effect because yeah which is plenty yeah when it said for surgery everything I saw for surgery said put it on the night before but everything I saw that was using it for like seasickness or car sickness or whatever said put it on four hours before you need it and I was like why are these different instructions for different purposes I don't understand it's doing the same thing but oh well yeah I think it's trying to simplify it for people who are looking it up and not sure what to do it does its job Mm-hmm. So I put that on in the middle of the night, and then I got up at I don't know what time. I was getting up at I don't know what time all week. But anyhow, Vinny and I went to the hospital. We sat outside for a while. We took a BART, and we walked, because it's your last time of moving around. And so even though I know I'm already getting very dry at this point, it's not going to be that much worse to take a little walk. Right. And the time of day I needed to be at the hospital is two hours before the surgery. So 11 o'clock surgery, I had to be there by 9. And then they said I was having this pre-op at at 10.30, so I was there at 8.30, and also in case you get stuck in the barn or whatever. So I was a little bit early, but they, they were ready to take care of me. And of course, the thing about this particular hospital is you're so dry, and the IVs have never gone good there. Yeah. Like, they've gone bad every single time. This is the third time. And actually, four or five, if you consider the ones they had to fix, it's four or five times. Yeah. So she tried to put one in my left arm, because that's the side she, she was on, and the bed was against the wall. And after it went in and it was a problem and it wasn't doing what it needed to, which was uh, be able to draw blood what? and put fluid in, mm. she had to take it out. And I said, you probably want the other side. That's what the lab always uses is the right side. Right. I have a better vein on that side. Of course, I have not a better vein almost anywhere when I'm that dry. Right. But they did manage to get it in and it didn't hurt and it worked. And then eventually they got Vinny and Vinny sat there with me and we waited and waited. And then there was a, it was an anesthesiologist. Oh, the gender navigator came to see us mm-hmm. and they're having surgery in a few weeks. I said, it's a minor uh, revision, but uh, they are having it there at the hospital. And so they asked me if I like my anesthesiologist. And I said, I like the second one. And they said, oh, good. I'm going to look in your chart and see who that was. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me laugh. And uh, they were there with their little dog and they were hanging out. And then an anesthesiologist came over, was an old white guy. And I hope he didn't see me looking at him like, oh, here comes the old white guy. Because I think he did. <laughs> I think he's aware of his status at this point. Mm-hmm. He was okay. And I asked him about the ketamine. Which the clinic had said that you could have the ketamine added to your anesthesia for surgery. And that could replace this week's regularly scheduled treatment. And you should have the same sim- or similar benefits. Yeah, I at least wouldn't be completely missing out on a treatment, right. even if it wasn't quite the same level. So, um, 
I told him about that and he was totally open to it. And he said, yeah, I can, I can do that. And I said, I let him know what kind of dose I was taking at the clinic. And he said, well, I won't be giving you that much because this is a pretty short surgery, but it's good to know how much you're taking. So right. that gave me information as well. And that I knew that, you know, I was getting a lower dose, but I was right. getting some, some ketamine. So then the doctor came. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think the gender navigator left after when the anesthesiologist came, Okay. you know, trying to give me some privacy for that. Okay. And I saw them walking around back there. And then we, we sat around waiting and then eventually the doctor came, you know, and she had to be coming out. I was the last surgery. So she's coming out of the previous surgery and so forth. And she talked to me and Vinny for a little while. She said she needed to grab lunch and but then she stayed and chatted with us for a few minutes and that was fun. Vinny asked her about her Thanksgiving and she actually did tell us about that. She she uh, was having it with her kids but she was also at her ex-wife's house and that seemed like it was um, probably not a favorite Thanksgiving spot. You know, it was for the kids is what she said. Right. And then she told us she was having an upcoming surgery mm-hmm. as well in about a, a little over a week. And so we talked about that a bit and then we reminded her to have her lunch because, you know, mm-hmm. surgery was next. So right. we wanted her to have lunch. And off she went. And then Vinny and I waited till they came and got me. And they're always so good at wheeling that really large gurney thing through the hallways to the surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was I was joking with the guys. One of the one of the doors that you push the button on doesn't open right. Okay. And I told him, I said, okay, that wasn't working right in, in June or July. So it's still not working. No. One of those doors, which he thought was kind of funny. But they get you back there and then they have you get off of that gurney and get onto the table and get situated. And they, they put my arms out yep. to the sides. And I was thinking any time now I'd like the I don't care medicine. Right. But they get you all situated first and then they, they give you that. And um, I woke up in... In recovery, just as they were actually kind of like last time, had just gotten me in there, just barely got me in there. And I woke up, I was in massive pain, massive. And, you know, you've had a, a tube down your throat and I actually am very fortunate in that I don't usually notice that that's just happened, except that I'm trying to talk and say, pain meds, please. Right. So you, you know, have had a tube down your throat for a while. And I am fortunate enough not to have noticed that when I wake up. It's not a problem for me. Many people have a sore throat and so forth. I don't. I, I think I only notice that I'm trying to say pain meds, please. And it's, it is or isn't coming out. Right. You know. And they were really good about the pain meds. They came right over and started taking care of it. And they gave me pain meds. And they said, how is it on a scale of one to 10? And I said, it's a 10 out of 10, at least it is really high. And they started giving me pain meds and they were putting them in the IV. And they did that a couple few times. And then she said, can you swallow a pill? And I said, absolutely. So she also gave me a pain pill. And she said, that will spread out a little better than what I'm putting in the IV. The IV is immediate, but the the pill will spread out a little better and cover the pain a little better if we can get that in you. And I said, perfect. And I took the pill. And then she kept going at it. She asked me, what is it now? And I'd say 9.5. Oh. You know, 9.2. Oh. 8.9, you know. So until we got down to uh, around 7, which I find manageable. Yeah. It was still a lot, but by then the pain meds that I had swallowed probably were kicking in enough 
that uh, that it was good. So in the meantime, while they were telling me, you know, we're getting the pain under control, they said, your surgeon said that things went very well. And if we can get this pain under control, you can go home today. Right. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's all I really need is to be able to get pain under control. Mm -hmm. And we got the pain under control. So then they had me get dressed. And by then, Vinny um, was bringing the car and they brought me out and off we went. Vinny and I, and I was very excited. So I, I went back to Vinny's and I ordered the mac and cheese, the gluten-free mac and cheese from the um, the place that I had wanted to order it from. I, this was my big plan. That's great. Get out of the hospital and get the mac and cheese. That's so cool. Yeah. I got broccoli in it because fiber. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. And Vinny was making sure I was taking pills and I was having mac and cheese and we were at the house and it was great because that That's meant so I could get to hyper barracks in the morning, no problem. That is so great. Waiting to be released. I didn't have to sit around. Right. So we had to be at Hyper Barracks the next day at 1130. It's about an hour away. And there's some people in the hall. So Mike, if it, there's noise in the background, let me know. And the I'll Skype recording before. is not picking it up, but it's you know, we'll see what, what the both recordings do, but go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, they're going off to the side about halfway down. So anyhow. So you got to hyperbarics on Tuesday and it was all good. And did you get your shot on Tuesday? Yes. Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, Vinny gave me a shot after hyperbarics. Oh, good. Yeah. And I just, I was taking pain meds the whole time, but I knew that would be a short lived process because anesthesia already has your, your digestive system uh, taxed and I didn't want to be taking pain meds too long. So um, usually two to three days is what I try to limit it to. But in the meantime, I was taking them. So I was, you know, if I woke up in pain during the night, I took a pain pill um, and so forth. And uh, then they got me to hyperbarics again the next day. And the next day, I was not uh, having a lot of action on my drain. So I left a message for the MA and she said to, um, to milk the tube and clear it, make sure it was clear. But mm -hmm. she also said that sometimes the drain slows down for about a day after you get home and then it gets going again. And sure enough, it did. And by then I was really swollen. I was like, whoa, massively, massively swollen. So yeah, I've been going back and forth to hyperbarics. And that first day of hyperbarics, you said that you were having some really bad ear problems that kind of like, it seemed like they were almost just residual from the stuffiness of your cold. Yes, I had ear pressure and ear pain for about a day and a half. And it was really quite unpleasant in the hyperbarics chamber. Uh, they'd have to stop and let my ears adjust. And that was making everything take longer as well, which means at the end of the day, you can end up adding an hour onto your time because it's me. And with me, my blood pressure goes up a lot by the second treatment of the right. day, the afternoon session. And so my blood pressure starts out pretty low in the morning, but can be like 50 points higher by the end of the day, which is a lot. And uh, they don't like it and they want it to be below a certain amount before they can release you out of the clinic. So probably the second day I got out of there super late and I was quite miserable from having been in there with ear pressure and ear pain. And, and then the third day, they have this thing, it's called an ear dock. They're doing like an ear treatment to try to clear the pressure in your ears. And um, the person doing it did an extra treatment on the left side where I had the ear pressure and that helped a lot. So they do a sinus clearing and they do an ear pressure clearing and that helps a lot. But I thought maybe I was going to get the drain removed Friday and then we moved it to Monday because my drain was still being quite active. 
and they like it to be a little bit less active. I have it scheduled for tomorrow, Monday. It seems like we're on schedule for that. And also the drain at this point is quite so uncomfortable. I imagine it needs to come out. So what I need to do when I go back down, besides eat my lunch, which I will have to do very shortly, is talk to the clinician that's treating me and say, hey, if I'm getting my drain out tomorrow, are we planning for doing a exit interview then? Or what are we planning? Because there's half a chance that I will get a call from the, you know, our, our home area hyperbarics tomorrow. There's at least half a chance, if not a full chance, they will call me tomorrow. You got the referral already in? It got in on Friday. So yeah, it should be. Um, That's good. It should be there tomorrow. So it's quite likely that I can come home on Tuesday and if not, for sure, Wednesday. But the question is, do we schedule the exit interview for tomorrow or, and we can change it as late as tomorrow. So I will just talk to her about that today. Very good. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Awesome. So while you've been gone, I have been managing kids. I have not been managing elderlies. I have only been on one side of the sandwich. Your sister is supposed to be on the other side of the sandwich. Yes. And she is. She did uh, message my aunt and say, look, you know, give him at least a week of recovery. You know, he's going to treatments every day and um, I haven't talked to him either. You know, she texts this. So she hasn't talked to me. Right. So she can say that. And uh, that way my aunt doesn't feel put out. But my aunt called me like three times. I don't know, Tuesday or something. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I do not. I don't have the time or energy to talk to you and listen to you tell me everything over and over again right now. Which is what she typically does. And she left me a voicemail too, but I was at work. And then I was driving home and making dinner for kids. And then I was managing family time and so on and so on and so on. And so, like, I didn't get back to her until late in the evening. Like, I didn't even get to listen to the voicemail until late in the evening that said, hey, I don't know what time you get off work, but I have a doctor appointment that's kind of an emergency and I don't have a ride. Right. And I'm like, that's what the taxi is for. Yep. You got to do it. You got to take a taxi. But meanwhile, I was managing kids and number three decided to rearrange and redecorate their room. They did. You sent me pictures. I did. I sent pictures of them moving their own furniture around using the sliders that we own to like, you know, I I had to help them with one thing because it was really close up against the wall and they couldn't quite get the right angle to lift it up to get the sliders under. But the rest of it, they did all themselves. They moved stuff around. They took the sticky, the homemade wallpaper that they had made off their wall. They did a whole bunch of stuff. But then they're texting me, do you know where thumbtacks are? And where is the carpet cleaner? And And do we have ceiling hooks? And do we have ceiling hooks? And all of these things are like coming to me as text messages either while I'm at work or late at night, like while I'm asleep at like 12, 1, 2 o'clock. And but I, but so I am not. You are not. I am not. And they are also sending them to me. <laughs> because they know that you also know where things are probably better than I do because you move things around and I do not. I do. I'm the one who put them wherever they got to. I'm sure you are. And so you knew where they were. And, and number three text me and says, where are the the thumbtacks? And I'm like, I don't know if we have thumbtacks. And you're like, oh, they're in the the little organizer in the office in probably the second drawer. (laughs) Yes. Or if they're not, they're in this place. Or if they're not, I can give you the top three places. Right. And And um, the ceiling hook thing, I knew that we had at least half a ceiling hook and I could find the other half if I was there, but they would not be able to. So I said, no, go ahead and order one of those. Right. And then the the other thing that happened that you did end up managing was a phone call from one of number 
number two's teachers, who he has been struggling with the whole year. This guy is not a teacher. He is a carpenter, and he is a carpenter teaching a carpentry class in the public school. Yeah, and he's not uh, interested in teaching, really. And our, our boy and him have bumped heads, and so they are determined not to get along. So while I was waiting for a lift back to Vinny's one day from the treatment here, I called him, and it was basically worthless. But I did let him know. I said, you know, I think he doesn't have any respect for you. And so his class, your class is worthless to him. That's, you know, that's the way it is. I agree that he probably should be in a different class. But unless anybody schedules an IEP, I've got nowhere to go with it. And I'm, you know, out of town uh, having surgery. So, you know, that's been most of my year. And so you and I have to get after the school about this for the end of the semester and getting him into a new class for next semester. Yes. Yeah. Yes, agreed. That's the next big thing on our agenda. Can we stop having big things on our agenda now? He's shrugging in the video call, which we are on a video call because he is still in the Bay Area and I am still not because I am here parenting at our house. Yes. Yep. That's what you were doing as we paused a minute ago. So So, this time around, the chambers have been pretty full. You know, it holds a few people in the chambers, like I think up to five or six, depending on how many people have to lay down. And when I first got here, there was like uh, three or four women and three guys, including me, which is a lot because I've only seen one or two guys ever. And one of the other guys said he's had the same last time he was here. This is his second round with being here. And then today there was uh, two guys, including me and two women. And it was funny, the um, the other guy, he actually left yesterday, but he was from New York. Vinny called him the football player. Oh, that's he's funny. really like stocky, muscly guy. Oh, that's funny. So uh, he, he was saying the other day, uh, yeah, last time I was here, it was all females and me. And I thought females. that was a funny way. Female the way. <laughs> females. He's a Ferengi. Oh my God, it's terrible. But anyhow, it's nice because we, we do chat a little bit in between. The guy who's here today, or if, if he's still here, I don't know if he's staying all day. He's younger. He doesn't talk very much. They're all younger, okay? That's because we're old. They're all like... That's because we're old. 30s. 20s and 30s. Yeah. But yeah, we're old. They're like, oh, I was born in 1991. Okay. That's good. Nice to know. Thanks. Yeah. I didn't jump in there. Mm -mm. I was just listening. But that's fun to chat to a couple of them. And um, I understand if people are quiet and just having a down day. That's cool. Yeah. So that's what's gendery. Female. (laughs) So I know you have to get out to lunch. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to get recorded before we wrap up? It just that it's nice to talk to my spouse, to see my spouse. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And I hope I talk to you soon. I'm glad. Me too. At least I'm hungry now. Yes. Go eat. I was not hungry when we started because my pain level was too high. Right. So, alrighty. Okay. Love you. Love you too. I think that's it. Okay. Bye. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening.
I am now recording on the voice memo. Are you? I am now recording on Skype. Go ahead. I'm, re- I'm recording. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Like surgery. Finally. Ah, shit. The kid is calling. Okay. I hear some noise down the hall. I can't hear it. Okay. Good. Um. I keep hearing some noises, but as long as you're not hearing them. And then an anesthesiologist came over. It sounded wrong. Let me have a drink of water. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the anesthesiologist... <clears throat> the anesthesiologist... Hang on. There's an airplane. Don't need you swearing at it later, so... <laughs> that's all right. I think that's it. Okay, Mike. I'm going to stop my recording. Yep. Okay, done. Let's see. How do I send it? Do you I can do, do that something? later. You can, you can mail it later. You should probably go eat quickly while you've got the time. Do they let you okay. take your food into the into the tank? Uh, they would, but it won't take that long to eat the inside of a sandwich. Okay. All right. Love you, dear. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>